started. Welcome to Black Girl from Eugene. I am Aisha Elliott, and today is September 12th, marking at least on or around, you guys know how I do, uh, the two years I've been with KEPW um, FM local radio station. And with that, I want to thank Sundance for my underwriting, which is a huge accomplishment um, at this radio station. So I appreciate your support. Also, as my support system, um, you guys know that I have, since the passing of my beloved mother in July, I have taken my podcast to every other week to give myself space and uh, and time to grieve as much as I feel I need. So right now, the next two weeks, uh, every two weeks, my podcast is going on. But the last two years on KEPW, it has been weekly, nonstop. My Patreons have supported me this entire time. So I want to have a shout out, give a shout out to my Patreons for supporting and continuing to support me. Yes. Um, and this, this Sunday is very special to me because I have somebody I admire and have admired uh, for some time <laughs> on my podcast with me. And I don't want to gush all over you too much because I know, I know, I know. But please welcome to my little show the content producer and owner of Speaking of Racism podcast and the founder and owner of Legacy Trips and the author of are we free yet? Coming out in 2022, Tina Strong. How are you? Thank you. I'm amazing. How are you? How are you? I'm. I'm sorry about your mother. Um, yeah. So I just send my condolences. Thank you so much. You know, it's. I don't. I don't know. Uh, you it, people who have lost a parent. Are, are, I lost my mother. You lost your. Did you lose her recently? 2005, no, right after Katrina, right before Katrina. Oh, 2005. And it feels, I mean, this is what I know. This is what I have heard. Um, You you put your grief in a different space, but it's never time is is the time. Time is always very, very tricky. And it feels very short for for this type of loss. And my mother and I were extremely close. And so the podcast was particularly complicated for me to continue and to do because she was my very first Patreon and, you know, and she was my very first person on my podcast. Where, so if I came on, it was like, Barbara Richardson is watching, you know how I got <laughs> And now, oh, when I first came on without her, I said, oh, I can't, never mind. I can't, I just, I just got back off. I couldn't do it. I just, I didn't realize what it meant. I mean, you know, to not see her name. Right. Yeah. And so, it took a long time, and and I say a long time, meaning it's been two months, almost exactly. She passed July 9th. Um, so it took two months, it's been two months and a couple days, and every day is different. Some days I feel very strong, you know, other days I don't want to get out of my bed, or I'm working and I'm, tears are, tears are, I'm just like, don't worry about the tears, they're just going to be, just keep talking, because this is about what's going on inside, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. But my mother was a, a beautiful, beautiful, and, I, and I'm not even talking about her external. She was a beautiful soul. And so mm-hmm. I was fortunate to be there in her passing, meaning that my sisters and I and my niece and my daughter did her hospice care. And so we were there with her as she passed. And so she was just impressive and beautiful and graceful in everything that she did, everything was natural, you know, and so I'm, I'm very proud of her, you know, um, so it's a, it's a, it's a very, um, 
I don't know the word for it. You know what I mean? The space. She's, this is special and she's here with us. And I felt yes. such warmth like come through my body as you just told that story. Um, I just love how you brought her into the space. That's just beautiful. Oh, thank, thank you. you. We, we talked about this. I said, I asked when we, before we got online, I wanted to share, to bring everybody into it. I asked, I asked Tina and I said, are you a cancer? <laughs> so, uh, right. Um, everyone knows I'm into astrology. I, I do, I don't do readings yet. I'm a, I'm learning, uh, but it will take you all lifetime. You can learn on me. If you yeah. want to practice, just be like, Hey Tina, let's get on zoom and let's, let me practice on you. I'll oh my gosh. That. I would love to, if I get your information, uh, look at what I learned and be like, is this what's going on in your life? I mean, cause it, it really happens just like that. It and, does. It does. It can. Absolutely. Yes. And you know, the, the way that I came across your profile on Instagram and the way that I've connected just, just in our few email, we talked about how the, look what the universe does. Now I want everyone to know you are in Jamaica right now <laughs> and you are, <laughs> and, and, and I'm, I'm high as shit. That's what the yes. for. Just because this is this is my Sunday morning haze going on. Get it, girl. Oh, Sunday afternoon. See, I just I just got off. I just finished sailing and waltzed in here and hopped on. So that's that's my whole situation going on uh, in Jamaica. Yes, uh, yeah, in Jamaica. See, you know, I just want everyone to understand that this is not a temporary, this is why, this is why I admire you so much. And this is why I was like, you have got to come onto my show. This is not temporary living for you. This is what you feel as much as I can understand and you feel that this is a right, this is a birth connection. This is a, a, a calling and a placement of it. So when I hear the choices to live in Blacksit, right? Yes. And we'll talk about Blacksit. I don't know that a lot of people understand what Blacksit is, um, but I, I, it's, it's not. I don't want to say it's interesting to me because it's not interesting to me. But mm. it, it's, it is fascinating to me that we, as a people, Black folks, are are starting to grasp this understanding of a global connection to the yes. to the diaspora. Diaspora, yes. And we don't so not belong anywhere. We belong everywhere. Everywhere. And we are everywhere. Right. And we are connected. And there's this entire network happening right now that the, the term, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought, you introduced this, the term Blacksit, meaning it's, you know, part black and then exit mm -hmm. and those two together. And it's, it's the term that is being used to describe the resurgence of Black Americans choosing to leave, expatriate, you know, move away from the United States, either partly, at least partly or all due to the systemic racism, mm -hmm. terror and violence that we've experienced for generations. Right. And to have gotten connected with this group of, of folks. I have often said it feels very underground railroadish. Like there are those of us who have looked around at the state of this nation and the year and said the fuck 2020 and we're, this is what's going. Yeah, I'm right. out, yo, I'm, I'm out. And and it's so beautiful. It's both heartbreaking and beautiful to hear the stories of 
that we all have in common. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a commonality. There's a thread of commonality through all of it. Mm -hmm. All the reasons why we had to get the fuck out. Right. And, and the, the, the joy and the healing and the peace that we've experienced once we've left. Right. Listen, I recognize black folks are not a monolith. I recognize that we don't all want the same thing. Everyone does not have a desire to leave the States. Right. Um, And, and, you know, I think, I wrestle with this as a queer black American woman. Mm-hmm. I wrestle with the fact that I am both this thing that I, that is in me. And it's also simultaneously this thing that I want out of me, right. but it's still in me. So there is this, there is this struggle. There's this internal conflict. And guess what? I sit with the tension between the both of them and, and, I'm not Jamaican, right? right. I, I am. I am a visitor here uh, in this land, as far as I'm aware. Perhaps you know, it's been. It's definitely been suggested to me a time or two that that I must <laughs> have some roots here, and perhaps I do. I, if I do, I'm not aware. Mm-hmm. I'm American, and and that is who I will be everywhere that I go. Right. Um, but being a um, a black woman who was born and raised in the states, uh, who spent the majority of my life there, I know what it feels like to be black in America. Mm -hmm. I simply want to know what does it feel like to be black out of America? I know that's right. And you, in that, in that concept, so blacks it, and I don't know how long the term blacks it has been used in like, is that, I just know that as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, right. I thought of, of course, you know, the 20 Exodus and I'm like Exodus out of the South and to the rest of the, but now I'm like blacks it as Exodus (laughs) out of the United States. Right. All all the way out. (laughs) All the way out. And, and I love that you're saying, you know, black folks are not a monolith period on anything, right. On anything. And so, any level. And so not wanting to leave doesn't make you less of anybody, you know, and right. And leaving doesn't make you more of anything. And so I, I, I always have to say that out loud for people who come, you know, who come with the extra conversation at, at, on the side. And that's a very basic question that continues to be asked. And I, I, you know, we will continue to address it, but at the end of the day, there are folks that have this desire to exit the United States. And the thing about it is there are so many of us, number one, that kind of feel alone in this. Right. So many of us share stories of the resistance and even the ugliness that they receive from their friends and family when they let them know that they were planning on moving and that they had blacksit plans, yes. you know, and, and um, that that's a normal part of it. So to, again, be connected to this community of other black folks that are like you, that mm-hmm. have those same feelings as you, uh, some who have gone before and are doing it and they're reporting back to us words of encouragement that it can be done and we're mm-hmm. able to ask questions. And, you know, that's the cool part about it as well. The happiest part of social media for me, the happiest, most joyful for the past couple of years, because I didn't just land, you know, in Jamaica right. out of the States just on a whim. I mean, you can, and I could, but I didn't. So right. it's, you know, out of all of this, it's still a matter of, um, I, I, I made a decision to be a part of this movement. And mm-hmm. as a result of, of investing in that community, I have made, I have connected with black folks across the diaspora, across the globe. Right. So that even here in Jamaica, I have a, I already have a baked in community that I met virtually first, developed right. those relationships, you know, digitally first. Yes. And now we have those, those connections in real life. So it's, 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 it's remarkable. It's remarkable. I, and I want to say, 
Blacks, it is not, it, for me, right? It's something that I, is a goal for me. And it's, it doesn't come from my parents. Okay, so when my parents left the United States, it was like 1992. And it wasn't the first time that they had left. They would lived in Guyana. They had lived in Morocco. They've lived, and they, and this is before I was born. And then, I, so my siblings all got these different pieces of the world, right? Because they, my family was like, pack up the kids, let's go. <laughs> so that's how my parents were. And um, and then by time the younger siblings, which is me, my sister, and uh, we we were on our way to Costa Rica with them. And so we they went to Costa Rica in '92. We are in Oregon, which is in the Pacific Northwest of the country, and we drove our car, our trailer, and a dog down Central America to Costa Rica. Yes. Really? From Oregon? From Oregon. Yes. Girl, I could write a book just on that shit. So <laughs> How long was that? Okay, so the trip, the trip was three weeks long, and the reason why it was that long is because we broke an axle on the truck before we left the United States, and we broke an axle on the trailer at in Mexico. So each of those things took a little longer. And plus, every time you had to pass through aduanas, which is customs, for every country you go in and go out, you got to do that. And they want to go through, they want to, every, every country, they got a little more to do with you. And some of it's straight, some of it ain't so straight. Um, and at, this, at that time, I was the only one who could kind of speak Spanish, you know, at the time. And um, so it was like a black family with a dog, you know, and a trailer, which is so American of us to bring a damn trailer. <laughs> I have a visual in my head, and it's hilarious. It's, it's hilarious. Like breaking Bad. Was it like that? Was it like the trailer yeah. going through? Yeah, I'm telling you, it was. It was yes, and and. Some of the Just countries, the drugs, minus my, the well, I mean, we had the yeah. weed, weed was always with us, you know what I mean? That's all the way down. But you know, the thing is, like, what it was, I remember every country being so drastically different. And I was 15 years old, it was like my introduction uh, into the understanding of the nuances, you know, and real lived experience of people and culture and ethnicity. Every single country was different and we were just driving through and it was like it like every border switched up another something else and it was like okay now we're wearing green now we're wearing blue now it was it was interesting i remember one time we had a person in the car who had to escort us through the country because they were at war and they had he had a he sat in the front seat and he had a big gun girl big ass gun and me and my sister were sitting in the back seat and we were like because the gun was pointing and we were both like this the whole time so it was just Girl, I, now, how is this not already a a mini series? I, like, know. I know, I know, I know. It's I. There's so much in that trip. There's so much in that trip. But anyway, I digress. So basically, we that night in 1992, it was my parents had been doing this thing, and mm-hmm. and as I grew up, I didn't realize how different it was to actually have lived the the life that my parents, my courageous, adventurous, and very just centered in them freedom parents have had given to us. And so there's a piece of me that wishes I would have had that dynamic and was able to take my kids and like stay in Costa Rica or live elsewhere. But now that my children are grown, I have one more child and she is uh, a senior in high school. And I'm serious. Yeah, this is her senior year. And I'm look, she just started and I'm 
seriously trying to figure out where I'm going to go after she is established where she wants to be. And I, and I am essentially not Free. mothering anymore. Right. Right. I'm like, I mean, I'm not in the enter a new phase of parenting for sure. That's for sure. right. So what made you, what was it for you that you were just like, now is the time and, and, and I'm going and you didn't really pick one spot yet. Right. You're still kind of going around. The world? I'm still moving around, yeah. So I'm intentional about being a world-traveling nomad right now. I okay. want to experience as many and visit as many countries as possible right. in, you know, in this time frame. Um, and, and eventually, sure, settle down somewhere. I, I would love for it to be here, but that's that's complicated, so I don't know. Right. It, it'll be somewhere where where this is my day. I in this right like it is right now. I'm wearing, you know, I'm I'm in a swimsuit so I can be in and out of the water between my calls and my all of my things. Mm-hmm. Um okay, take me back. Where were we? No, no just what what, what, what decide what did you decide how did you what pushed you to like, you know what? Black that's it. I'm this is it. I'm doing this. This is my life. Because it doesn't sound like that came from your it didn't come from your parents it didn't come from your 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 friend circle. It didn't come from work. It came from centered a centered calling from you. So I'd like to know what how'd you get there? It was it was a combination of my own racial awakening, mm-hmm. which really began in July of 2016 when I accidentally saw the videos of Philando Castile and Alton Sterling being oh. killed. That start that broke me. Um, that showed my blackness, that showed my worth and my value to me in a way I had not previously seen. And I had really gone out of my way to not see intentionally because I had always lived and been raised in and worked in predominantly white spaces. And in order for that situation to work, you have to buy into a level of that, this internalized racism also. And that's a whole other situation. And so that, that was when I began that level of unpacking. And the more I honestly, the more I unpacked and the more black folks got killed and the more officers and other random white folks who murder us were not held accountable, not not in that not, not nothing the more that happened there was more fuel of you know what this this country does not value my life right um obviously there was the political awakening that happened around the same time november of 2016 where myself just like millions of other folks mm-hmm. looked around us and found ourselves living in a goddamn country where somehow donald trump can be a, the president and so you know there, for many of us we got off our asses in that moment yes and we started to, you know, do the things that we think and we're told that we need to do to affect change. And, you know, the, the, the political side is important. It's necessary. But I'm also going to be honest, both, you know, there's there's a lot of shit um, for the fact that there's only two options is not uh, is is further evidence and further proof that they don't care about our black asses. Right. Period. Um, so that these these things were starting to happen, and while this is happening, I also have one ear to the ground with reference to um, you know coming into 2019 as uh, the year of return, which was something that Ghana intentionally created uh, and designed for the purpose of welcoming back. Um, folks, black folks in across the diaspora who have mm-hmm. Ga- uh, Ghanaian roots and just, just black folks in general come, you know, um, even, you know, for someone like myself as a queer individual, um, especially with what is taking place against the LGBT 
LGBTQ plus community there. Right. I knew at the time that Ghana, you know, was not going to be option, an mm-hmm. option for, for me. Mm-hmm. And at the time, my wife for us to, to, to be right. n- necessarily, unless we were, you know, prepared to go in with, with, a, with, you know, a certain level of fight. Right. And, and um, I guess fast forward all of that. So I think between the racial awakening, the political realizations of, of our situation, you know, you, I, I had been, oh, my ear to the ground with regards to, there is this movement that had been started called Blacks, you know, that, that was taking place called Blacks and that's happening mm-hmm. in a very, you know, uh, I, again, it, unseen, sure people know about it, but, right. but when you when you really see the numbers behind the Black folks that are that have done this and that are doing this currently right now and that are planning a Blacks in the next, you know, one to five years, yeah. it's extraordinary mm-hmm. uh, and it really is, it's impactful. It, it's a statement to our, our social situation and mm-hmm. setting. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's necessary for, uh, for folks to stay, but it's also necessary for folks to go. Right. You know, while we are in the process of, of tearing down something and this is, this is a foundational principle of, 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 of social justice and movement work mm-hmm. is at the same time that you are dismantling and disrupting and take, tearing something down, you're also simultaneously building something up in its place. This is the, the futuristic and the revolutionary perspective right. of, of, of liberation mm-hmm. is, and that is something I think, uh, so all of, all of this, I guess to say, I, it is something that I have been aware of for several years and I, I do have three children. Mm-hmm. So very similar to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, I, what I had said uh, again with my wife at the time is when the kids are grown and gone, oh, let's, let's, let's go. go. And so we, yeah. we found ourselves in January of 2020 all three kids were grown and gone and we had been presented with some very, you know, unique challenges, um, financially that made, that brought us the decision of, you know, now's a good time. Let's just get out. Yeah. So sold everything, um, that we owned, got rid of everything, house, cars, everything. Wow. Uh, and I've been a nomad since February 1st of 2020. I mean, so there's a lot of things about our, our, the way that you and I have, are kind of set up that's so similar to me. And it's, it's interesting. Uh, you've been married twice. I have also been married twice. I am not queer. However, um, my second husband was white and divorced me. And so I was looking at your story being like, this is so interesting. I had my, fir- my kids with my first husband who was black. And, um, right. Like you, like you. Um, and then, um, this, this idea of, of when you, I think it's important. Let me, let me go back for a second. So when we first talked before we got on here, you said you'd never met a black person from Oregon, right? Or from the Pacific Northwest period. I didn't even know where the fuck Eugene was. Okay. I was maybe Ohio. Like who, who thinks about the state of Oregon on a daily basis? I'm trying to tell you, that's the whole point of my black girl from Eugene. It's like, like I'm from, from where exactly? Let me tell you about it. Let me tell you how we scream it. Yeah. uh, Oregon is one of those states. I was like, there are black people in Oregon, the fuck? But, but, but we're everywhere. I recognize that. But you are no. the first black in Oregon. Look, that's a very <laughs> fair assessment of Oregon because Oregon legally, you know, was the only state in the union that had in their constitution that black folks will not and ever live in the state. <laughs> so, no. 
So it is not, it is not, you know, where I live right now in Eugene, the first black folks to live here was until like the late forties and fifties. And they had sundown laws until the seventies. Like, I mean, it was, it, it, I'm telling you when I, the, the level of racism that's in the systemic structures of where I live um, and the way that my family has attempted to create and and to be a part of movements to bring black consciousness here um, is it is a, when you when you spoke on internalized white supremacy. So my so like you, I'm writing a book. Um, my podcast is a baby podcast right now, but it will grow. And it will grow. And the thing is, is that um, what I talk about a lot and I do, you know, diversity and equity consulting with white folks mainly. And so what I talk about with them quite a bit is deconstructing white supremacy culture. But in the idea that this is not something that white folks are doing by alone, black folks also have to deconstruct you know, this internalized um, white supremacy that we that we have to assimilate to in order to survive in a place like Eugene. Right. And those of us who don't lose ourselves in the middle of that that um, code switch in a deep, deep, you know, spiritual level, if we can if we don't lose ourselves in that switcheroo, then we're out here suffering. Right. It's, yeah. it's actually hard and traumatizing to those of us who are trying to teach and who are trying to stay strong and keep consciousness alive when it's being depleted by the lack of community. So this idea that um, the idea of, of living in the Pacific Northwest as a black woman who is conscious of mm-hmm. the energy black community gives, the joy, the, the empowerment, the actual soul warmth that you get by being recognized by a sister, you know, by a brother, but, you know, by your elders who, who, you know, by the village, right? Mm-hmm. Being recognized by the village is something that is foreign to a lot of people up here. A lot of people of color, a lot of black folks up here, they just have never experienced it, right? Wow. It's, wow. yeah, it's, it's a depletion out here that's, that's quite profound, actually. And so, when I, I listened to you, you said 2016 is when there was a reality for you. I was, a, I was assaulted by police protecting my son in 2015. And I, w- I was injured so badly, it took me two and a half years of physical therapy to get back right. Wait, and I'm still- wait. you said injured when, when you were attacked brutally by yes. this officer? Yeah, by, by four officers. <laughs> I mean, look at me. I'm uh, clearly I'm intimidating. So, like, yes, I I was atta- I was protecting my son who was in crisis at the moment, and um, and they decided that I was inter- interfering in them attacking him. <laughs> so they brutally attacked me. So I was like I said, injured. I, my concussion. I don't even remember 2016 at all. And 2017 is a blur. So my, my concussion was, was really, really severe. And my physical injuries, I still have to this, like, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm much better than I was, but I have permanent damage to places that I can't, it, it just won't go back to, it won't be back to normal, right? And that was 2015. I hate, I hate this country for what they did to you and I'm so sorry you went through that. You know what? Th- thank you. And mm-hmm. this is how I take this. 
after I have faced that, right, there was so much loss for me and so much transformation from 2015 to 2018. That whole time frame. It was interesting. All the, all the brutality, all of the murders, my own personal tragedy and saga and, and, and racism, on my, that was on my front door, right? They were at my door. Um, that was my moment of like, I've been acting as if they see me, right? Mm-hmm. I, I've been acting as if they hear me as a human being. And I, mm-hmm. I remember when I, I say this, I, I know I've told this story before on my podcast, but I remember being in the courtroom, like cause we, sued the, we sued them, of course, right? So I'm, I'm in the courtroom and I'm looking around, I see the white judge, I look over, I see all the white cops, I look over, I see the jury, all white folks, but one Asian woman. And I look at my son and I look at my white lawyer and I said, what the, what the fuck did I think I was doing? <laughs> I literally was like, why do I, why? I, I sat there and I said, why did I think this would work? I remember, be, it, it, was, it was just like, Aisha, what are you doing? You know what I mean? You don't belong here. It doesn't matter how much you try to teach or talk or learn or balance or this is not for you. Now, fast forward, what happened out of that was this. My podcast was a part of my healing journey. That's why I was telling you I don't, I don't edit this. Because what has happened to me in Eugene, part of that internalized white supremacy, was that I was the little black girl in the, behind, in the back of the class who was smarter than everybody else but was told to be quiet, right? Uh, who was, you know, who faster on the, te- on the track team but was told that, you know, you're not going to do this one, you're going to do that one, right? Uh, so I, it was, a, it was a, a life of that outside of my home, which my home was fiercely black, right? My mother and my father um, were a very strong, dynamic, unusually worldly couple, right? That I got this from at home. So my, di- my dichotomy was, was two different, I mean, so extreme, so extreme. So my awakening, like yours, came in that same time frame of, hmm. of I, they don't, I, I'm, that's right. That's right. Like I'm black and black for me, <laughs> coming on just that moment of oh they really really don't give a fuck <laughs> oh not a damn thing no right, right and 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 so people don't understand the reality of that and i'm just gonna say it quite blankly it was it was a horrifying moment that i was so naive like i was for myself i went internal and i said what were you thinking now, you allow yourself yeah you start Blaming yourself. Well, I was like, your ass thought <laughs> from all the blinking lights, and you thought, maybe not. <laughs> just watch the one that'll change it. Just walk your ass right in there. <laughs> right? Like, who can, what did that? Anyway, and so now, like, like you very, it's not even that it wasn't that I didn't know it. It's just mm-hmm. that I kind of chose to. Cognitive. Dissonance, right? Yeah, just disassociate. You know, you you've done what you had to do to survive. Um, I'm so grateful that you are here to tell the story because mm. this book, you do have this book in you. I'm so grateful your son is here mm. to tell the story. Mm-hmm. So there's so much. See, and this is where I get excited because this is this is the black story. There's so much hope 
in the struggle. There's so much, and you can't separate the hope from the joy. No. It, they, they come hand in hand. There's no, you know, I, I, I was on a podcast earlier this morning um, with someone, a lovely individual um, by the name of Yol Amawale um, mm-hmm. out of the UK. And we, we the same conversation. So it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's just remarkable. And it's remarkable. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to know what that pocket is, so I want to hear it. But also... I would definitely drop the link. Yes, okay, I'll, the thank you. Um, also, yes, the, in, that's, that was my point on telling the story, is that here I am up in the Pacific Northwest, you know, surrounded by that. And, and you know, he, this person out in the UK, you down Jamaica, we have this collective experience. Yes. That... Yeah. I think when folks are feeling alone, like you said, that that blacks it will have you feeling alone out there and free. But you're like, damn, I jumped <laughs> like I'm out here far, far. And I'm out here. And so if something happens, there's nobody. There's right. Nobody. Right. You know? And again, why this community, you know, the world gets smaller when we connect with one another. And so it is, it's just, it's beautiful. And I love that this is what you want as well. If oh. this is, you, we, we are already here waiting to welcome you when you decide oh. it's all on you, where, when you decide where you want to be. And you know what it is, is that when I think about it, it's, it's no matter how far out you get from your realization of, of this entanglement <laughs> that we have, okay. right? We entanglement. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a goddamn abusive relationship but we can call it an entanglement no 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 let's go right there let's do that let's do that because that's real this abusive relationship that you know when you put it words matter when you put it in the reality of what how we feel what we're treated what what we wake up in the morning how we go to sleep this abusive relationship is something that as i as i think about my my exit i i there's there's actual fear, right? Mm-hmm. Of and I've been out of the country already. I already know. Well, let's talk. Let's talk through this more. What, what's talk to me about the fear? Well, I, <laughs> so I listen. We gonna we gonna handle the fear, right? right? Look, I I should have I should have rolled myself a damn joint. I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking around like should have kicked back and just had this conversation. Um, let's have it. Let's okay. let's do it. Let's do it. it it's a. Uh, it is a it, it's a it's a very internalized fear. I think when you spoke of of your family and because of who I am in terms of my in in the relationship to my family, it's not who I am, but I guess the role that I feel that I play, right? Yeah. And we and that's important that I feel that I play this role, right? Um, with my mother passing and my father here and. Um, and my dot, my kids, I have a 26-year-old who is phenomenal. I mean, that's my son. Who he, He's fine. He does that. He's, he's well off. He does his thing. He's got friends. He's, he's a beautiful human being. He's kind. He's good. Um, and I have my daughter, you know, who is the same, the, my 22-year-old daughter, but she's a young mother, has three small kids, and as a single mother... And so, and she does a phenomenal job for what she has going on. She does a phenomenal job, but she is by herself when it comes to these three babies, right? She's got identical twin boys who are 19 months old and a four-year-old girl. And 
they are all of my heart. Trust me. I, I just be like, oh my, there, oh there they go. Like, I mean, they just, oh, they're so cute. Anyway, and and smart and beautiful. Anyway, um, there's the, there's that daughter, and then I have my youngest daughter who, as soon as they give her her diploma, I, I hope she remembers my phone number. She is ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Ready, ready. Okay. <laughs> and so for, for me, I feel like I don't, the fear comes from like, is it, oh, can I just leave them? Like, can I just go <laughs> and just be, like, do you want to, you understand what I mean? I, I understand what you're saying. And I have three kids that are basically this very close in age. Mm-hmm. So mine are 21, 22 and 25. Okay. Yeah. Very um, close. So. Yeah, we're, we're right. We're very, very similar with our, our kids' ages. So my next question is, have you spoken with them about this? Have you had this conversation about what do you all think of what, how are you, you know, what are your thoughts about me leaving? So, yes, they all are very much like, do you do it? And but my daughter with the kids is like, I'm coming with you. <laughs> Wherever you go, I mean, I'm going to. I was too. thinking the same thing. Like when you were describing the kids, you know, it sounds like your oldest is just fine. Your yeah. youngest is getting on her feet. And the middle one is is the only one that really could benefit, you know, tremendously, of course, from your support and your presence. So right. just bring her with you. Right. If she's yes. open to it, that, that's not even a, we don't have a, like, we're, we solve this. We're all done. What's so, there's no more fear, right? You're going. Where are you going? That's yeah. the only question. That's the question, right? Where are you going? Where are you going? And that, I and that's. That. We can go back. Sorry. No, I no, no. <laughs> No, I love it. No, I mean, you're the only thing that's happening is me. And that's what's interesting is it's me. Like I'm thinking and overthinking and rethinking, you know, if I if I can if I can be I have this like this this calling to and this is the abusive relationship is to help the children who are me in this situation, right? To help the adults who are causing, not help them, to direct the adults that are causing the harm, right? There's, there's so much place, there's so much ignorance here um, in, this, in, in this extremely abusive uh, dynamic that the, my whole cornerstone to my business is intention. I will help you align your intention to your impact because you think you're doing one damn thing and you are just fucking it up on the other <laughs> right yeah. so to just over and, and too much at the same time right to over and over like it's just it is it's like it's maddening almost mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh anyway so i i have i have a i have this thing about leaving and then and then what with with what's happening with the movement that's happening it's almost like I have this idea of like, if I'm not there, then who's going to do it, which is ridiculous. You know what I mean? The black women holding everything on our shoulders as we do. So there's, so there's this conversation happening, right? So when you came, when you're, when you're out and you've decided Jamaica, you've decided uh, you're traveling then to Central America and then you're going further on, what is this, it's, is it just an exploration of your, of your, of your world in a way that you have been called to these places? Or is it just like, I, you know what, I'm, there's a map and I threw a dot and I'm going and this is, this is just, I mean, how'd the conversation go with your children? Was any of that a part of how, of how you decided to go around the world? (laughs) 
I, that's a really great question. I don't know that I had an in-depth conversation with my kids actually. Um, I, ironically, uh, and I might have to, I'll have to circle back with them and ask, you know, of course they know that I'm on this journey now, you know, you know, but that's the other piece is they are busy living their lives. They are not tracking me. Um, you know, it's a different, it's different for us as moms, Mm -hmm. as mothers and, and and as parents, we track them, but they don't have that same connection necessarily. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, again, everybody's kids are different. I'm speaking for mine. Mm -hmm. Um, mine are very independent and and they always have been. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think sometimes even out of necessity, you know, um, um, and that benefits them because Mm -hmm. they don't feel you know, like they um, have to have me stateside with them. They right. like your kids encourage me to do this. You right. know, they 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 want to they want me to come and visit, and I always will. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I say that the plan <laughs> is to ultimately get them to come. You know, right. that's what I love. But but at the same time, I completely respect their decision to live the lives that they want to live, mm-hmm. and they do the same for me. And I, I'm really grateful that I have kids that you know, that, that, that's how they feel. Mm-hmm. So I haven't gotten, and so to be honest, that's, they're the only ones I care about. I don't, right. you know, that, that was it for me. So, that was it. And, yeah. That makes sense. So tell me about this, uh, about speaking of racism podcast, uh, when did that start? How long have you been doing it? So speaking of racism began in early 2019 <laughs> okay. by a white woman whose name is Jen Kinney. And it, it started off her in her closet having these conversations with people that she found interesting, speaking black and brown folks, mm-hmm. um, speaking about anti-racism. Uh, she came across my uh, anti-racism trips that I do, that I lead, that I um, founded in 2018. Those are called legacy trips. She invited me to come on to the podcast um, and talk about, you know, my, my, my anti-racism trips. What are these? And yoga, what in the world, how do they, you know, go together? Um, so we did a couple of episodes. She and I became friends. Um, and then she, we, Chelsea Handler came out with an uh, HBO document. I'm sorry. Was it HBO? It was Netflix. It was a Netflix documentary mm-hmm. called Hello, Privilege, It's Me, Chelsea. Jen said, hey, let's, do you want to talk about this? So we, we talked about it. Um, we did an episode about this <laughs> documentary in particular, it mm-hmm. got thousands of downloads and listens. Wow. Um, Jen began to the platform of, and the platform of the Instagram platform, as well as the podcast got some more attention and she received valid complaints from black women, um, just questioning her right. about her role as a white woman owning, owning, having a podcast about racism. Right. Um, and, and Jen's not profited from it either. Anyway, that still brought her to have, to have just, just, ask herself some real questions. Mm -hmm. So during that time, she asked me um, if I, long story short, I wound up acquiring it from her. And so beginning of January, 2020 is when I took it over. And now the podcast is black owned and black led. Uh, That's so, Hey, look, that's beautiful. (laughs) It it landed in the hands in which it should be. It was started off and, and now Jen and you all are still, uh, in connection and you're saying she never got any kind of profit from that. It was really probably in the same idea of the intention and the impact. <laughs> I, 
Exactly. And that was the thing. I came to her and I said, you know, we do we believe that black ownership and black leadership are pillars of anti-racism work? I do. So I need to acquire this. And she said, I do, too. That's that's what needs to happen. So, you know, it was unique in that it didn't go into a partnership. And that's not to say it would have been wrong necessarily if we had gone into partnership with one another. But to take that a step further and make it no, this is going to be owned, black owned and black led. Right. And, and she was just giving it right. away, you know, right. in, in not, not clinging to what that meant for her. You know what I'm saying? So not, not, not making it about her. Um, and so it, it's been a really, and, and it's, you know, we're a couple of years in, so now this is, you know, we're in 2021 and, and we've never said we were going to do this perfectly. Um, I say we just because she's she's still someone, um, of course, that's that's involved with the podcast. Right. Um, um, and and it's it's really been a, a learning opportunity. And I'm I, I think we would both say I can speak for myself. Right. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the way that, it, that it's it's turned out. Um, and to be honest, it even took time in the beginning to even kind of get used to the fact that I own this. I don't have to call and check in with Jen. I don't have to see what, how Jen, you know, like what that looks like. And, you know, for me to own it and to be honest, I, I pretty quickly uh, at that time decided that I wanted to be have, have others come along in this journey with me. So I assembled a advisory board and that ad- advisory board served for a, you know, a little over a year, which was powerful as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, during this time, you know, now we're getting into 2020, um, you know, now, you know, I, again, I, I acquired it in January, we get to May, George Floyd is killed. Mm-hmm. So the country starts to burn as it should, you know, in response, everyone hits the streets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got a lot more attention um, at the time. And, but I was going through personal crises of my own at the time. That's when my wife left mm-hmm. out of the blue unexpectedly. That's when my oldest daughter had a mental breakdown and had to be hospitalized. So I'm going through this personal and it was like back to back week. It was like, Week one, it was right after Mother's Day, my wife left. And I'm like, the fuck? What, what, what? And then the next week, my daughter um, has a mental breakdown and is hospitalized. And so I fly from Tennessee to Texas. And and it's just like, I, and, and this is during COVID, so I can't even go in to see oh, her. Man. And she's an adult. So I have no say. They're, they don't have right. to communicate anything with me. Anything right. I'm hearing, I'm hearing from a phone call from, you know, a person who's in mental distress. Right, That's right. Where I'm getting my information. There's not, there's no doctors calling me to update me on her situation. Um, and then the next week, George Floyd is killed. And then white folks act like racism just fell out of the fucking sky. And so now, even more so. So it just was this both personal tragedy at the same time there's this collective tragedy. And I mean, I, I, I began to spiral downward. Yeah. I just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is when you said to me earlier with with so much love that you're sorry that this happened to me and I and I'm taking it in and I want to say the same for you. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, we I I believe and I, I have to believe that the universe gives particular people particular shit to deal with. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, and when you said it to me, I said, thank you. And right. It was, this was, I needed that to get here. 
I don't know yeah. that I would have seen it for what it is if it, if it hadn't have happened just like that. And that's a beautiful way. It's, it's honest, right? It's true with regards to your mother was on her own path. Right. That, 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 and you being on your own path. And right. her journey came to an end on the side. It still continues. Yes. It continues through her, through you. You know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. this one hasn't gone. It, she's only no longer with us in the physical form. And now here's, there's, now there's you. Right. Um, and this be you are the embodiment you are her legacy you continue the work and it will continue through your children now th- and that and that is the truth of, of that is the truth of you standing where you are right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. for your and your daughter is okay yes she's doing so well i'm so so proud of her so yes. proud i mean i can't i i can't imagine um I'm going to sit with meeting you just mm. because there's something's much bigger happening right now. And cause mm. I, I want, I mean, honestly, and I, and I say this and I know I'm on my podcast, but this is a moment for me. I'm like, I got to sit with this for a second because what you just described is exact. It's what happened to me. My husband left me, my son hit his head and ended up, having mental health issues. He left me a, he was going to graduate high school. We decided to invite everyone to the house. The next day he left girl. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And then, then the next year I get assaulted trying to protect my son. Right. Um, and then what I, I just can't like the back to back trauma that happened. It was like, my son, then my daughter had a head injury. Then I, then we, then, you know, my, my husband, no wait. my son, my husband left me, daughter had a head injury, got my house, had to, I had to leave the house cause I, me and him weren't, he wasn't paying it, drama. And then, you know, then the divorce, then the, then I, start, and then the attack, then the court, then the, like, right. It just went doom, 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 doom. And then I started to spiral down after I went through all of that. I ended up, all this all this has has just layer it's layered at this point this is, we 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 did we this trauma hit so fast we never even had an opportunity to process that first motherfucker but okay <laughs> dealing with just layer upon I, and it was just like every day it, it just felt like every day i'm just getting the fucking air knocked out of me yes and, and that's also how it felt with the black death Right. It was, I mean, Ahmad Arbery and his, and these videos and people just sharing them all fucking willy nilly. Like, girl, it's like who, snuff why? videos. It, it was <laughs> so, and it's still, you know, and and I, I'm I'm grateful because you know I think in in the course of perhaps this year especially we have for me anyway uh, I have cleared up my friend list mm-hmm. and following so that my timeline doesn't show me that shit anymore right. like I'm not accidentally come on to it but you know we like like you were saying it's just we have layers upon layers of trauma mm-hmm. that we don't have an opportunity to to sit with and process and mm-hmm. investigate and mm-hmm. nurture mm-hmm. Um, and go through this grieving process mm-hmm. so I just I, I hear you I and hear you I feel- the, the black to me I feel like the layers that you and I share right um leading to leading to a liberation that is not only physical or mental, but there's a deep spiritual necessity for this time to grieve and this time to heal. 
So I know that you have a practice that I admire, uh, yoga practice. You are a yoga teacher. Now, do you connect your practice to the, I'm, I can't only imagine that it has to be a centerpiece of your healing. Oh, absolutely. I, I say meditation saved my life. I mean, I guess there are a number of things that saved my life, but med- my meditation practice has been absolutely everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you are going to be a part of, what is it? What is it called? It's coming up in Oct- on like in a couple of weeks in October. The, yes, in October, the the first week of October, I want to say, I want to say maybe starting on the 3rd or the 5th. So, yeah. so we'll drop the, the link to that in the comments. But yes, I'll be a part of what's called the Conscious Yoga um, Conference. And it was previously the Breckenridge Yoga Festival, I believe. Okay. So it is all virtual uh, and myself and a distinguished um, panel of of queer, um, trans, um, so folks from the LGBTQ plus community, as well as um, primarily black and brown folks and, and South Asian folks in particular, being that it's a yoga space. So Thank you. it's, yeah, I'll be a part of that. And I'm very honored. Oh, okay. So first of all, I did not realize that it was LGBTQ uh, led. And so I'm going. <laughs> and I am excited about that now. And um Okay, and so you it was October, I think it was like third through the fifth, isn't it? Like y'all, it's a couple of days, I thought. It's like the third through the eighth, perhaps. Oh, I mean, shoot. I'm just I'm I'm so sorry. And Jess is lovely and wonderful. Shout out to Jess of uh, <laughs> of Conscious Yoga, and I don't know these damn dates. So we're gonna drop the information in the comments and y'all have the dates, but it's definitely in that time frame of October. So you, you got time. Y- yeah. What I'll also do is um I'll include the discount code, my discount code, so you can get fifteen percent off. Yes, please. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, please. We'll do. We'll take that. No problem. <laughs> yes. Okay. Cool. I. I mean, this is the thing. The level of, the level of grace that we exude in order to be present, um, and and kind, <laughs> right. Absolutely. At the same time, kindness is a choice. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> It's notable. And I, and I, right. And I want, because like I said, most of the folks who follow me, like I live in the Pacific Northwest are white folks. Um, wonderful folks who are, who are wanting to understand and know and learn and, and are, are, uh, doing the work as much as they can do the work, uh, in the space that we share. Uh, however, like I said, the need to recognize each other, Mm. Yes. In this, in this, in this space of, of shared trauma, but at the same time, how, how we have manifested collective joy from that space is, it's remarkable. It's remarkable. And it's the revolution. Our joy, black joy is the revolution. And in particular, black women and in particular, queer and trans black women. Yes. our ability to get free and to use joy as a tool in which we do that. That's the revolution right there. Right. Um, everyone else, you know, when, when you take the most oppressed in the society and you give them um, and, and they have the audacity to show their joy, there's not anyone else in the land who can't 
access their joy because we, we, we've shown this is what it is. This is what it looks like. And follow us, follow mm-hmm. this way, this path, mm-hmm. this joy. This is how you're going to get your healing too. This is how you're going to get your, your liberation. And the bridge between grieving and grief to liberation is joy. It's that's joy. Just, that's just what it is. It's joy. That level of self-awareness. Some, I, I, the work that I do lets me believe I don't want to say I believe, but it's 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 something I'm I'm researching is the lack of the ability to connect to joy for white folks. I don't know why. There's a lot why of they can't. The, I, it, is they that cannot. what you're saying? You, you're not sure how, why they can't access their joy? It, their their joy, yes. I mean, because, because this is what I this is what I see. Mm-hmm. We have as melanated people have a deep connection to the universe just by in the source in which we live, the source in which we are created and built here, Absolutely. right? Our, our black bodies, yes. Our black bodies, our kinky hair, right? Mm-hmm. Our, our everything. And how we, those of us, like you said, not a monolith, that can, that can recognize our ability to connect to this mm-hmm. collective wisdom this collective consciousness from what we have been through and can and can bring joy for forward that that is is miraculous when you think about how much crushing oppressive action oppressive nature oppressive systems have been built just to stop that right just to, just to stop that the stifling of hum- of our humanity is anti-blackness. It is racism. That that is it. So we have to include in this struggle, recognizing that it's not simply about removing um, anti-racism um, from an in- institutional That's level. Right. It's that social aspect as well. It's the anti-blackness. It's the it's the fact that when we see black people. Um, what society has conditioned is that there's a criminality assigned to us just off, on jump, just, just because of our skin. Right. Um, so to be able to to be to not just be pushing back, but to simply be, it is it is a recognition of our humanity that we're that that we have to be dismantling. And if I don't show up in all of the full human ways, which includes this this right and this audacity to believe that I deserve this peace and right. this pleasure and there's not guilt associated you know there's no longer and and listen we we have been we are here right now you and I both um, all of us are here on the shoulders of our ancestors right. um, and we 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 take a resp- have a responsibility um, recognizing and understanding that um, but but the simple when we come back to recognizing. Um, that we we simply have this is this is I completely lost my thought no no <laughs> it's completely gone and I'm like and it's not down there either <laughs> <laughs> don't even worry about it don't even worry about it because the the, the it's that we're, what we're talking what we're speaking on is that that collective um the the I was saying that the the fact that white folks have a hard time 
of finding their own inner balance and peace and so that they can, can have an authentic joy that doesn't come from other, piece, other people's culture, ethnicities, and or practices that can give them a sense of freedom and or, uh, or stability. And so we were talking, you know, just in that idea that the whole system's being built on anti-blackness, uh, you know, racism is one thing and then there's anti-blackness. And so understanding how they go hand in hand and yet survive separately, right? And and anti-blackness is racism. And then there is racism that is also anti You see, so it's like, it's it's layered that we, of course, recognize and, right, like you say, it's interdependent and it's together. It's constantly together. It's constantly together. Um, and it is the basis of what the system that we, Everything we do has that in, a, in its background. So, you know, us having joy from our trauma, which is something that I, I do talk about quite a bit, but to hear it from a woman I've never met across the world, like you're in Jamaica, right? And we, we've never met. And this is to me, for us to have, you know, three conversations over Instagram, meet and have this level of like, confirmation and affirmation that this is where we are on that path this this, this is where we're, we are the ones we've been waiting for i mean yes. what's the universe like i i sit in awe i mean today is gonna be one of them days i'm gonna be like i thought i could but i got shit to think on <laughs> i got wait <laughs> i need to go out into the woods and for and sit a minute like i i mean to be honest like i need to sit on this for a second because uh everything to me i you know I'm, I'm always listening to the universe. I'm always watching. That's, that's where you receive the lessons and the gifts. Absolutely. So I want to tell you, thank you so much for obliging me with your time today. Uh, was, this, is, this, this was an honor for me as well. So thank you for having me. Oh, I, you know, I, I, want, to have, I want you to come on more. <laughs> I'm going to try to find you in all the country. I'm like, where you at now, sis? Where you at? <laughs> Next is Costa Rica and then Vietnam. So, oh, okay. So Costa Rica, I've already told. I'm like, go here, go here. I was so excited when you told me. I can't wait until you. Exp- I mean, you have been there before, or no? No, I haven't. I'll be there for three weeks. So I'll be, I'll be hitting you up. Um, I was told my friends were telling me about Guanacaste. Did you mention Guanacaste as well? No, but uh, yeah, I know Guanacaste. <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to have to get all of the places, the spots from you. Because, yeah, there's three weeks in November that I'll be there. Yeah. You know, I almost want to tell you, uh, if I could get a hold of my friend, she's in Samara, which is in the southern part. And uh, they have, uh, she, it's, she's a white woman, been living there 30 years, I want to say, or more. Uh, very cool. Very cool. Very small little town. But they have a beach house 200 feet from the ocean. And it's a, it's a place to, to sit and meditate and and be able to just do what you do and she'd leave you alone you'd be able to hang out anyway i have lots of places for you to visit guanacaste is is uh i try to avoid the tourism and the tourism from the, the white folks that are in costa rica are, are generally from europe but there's a lot of american white folks there too but the the majority is like german white folks and so it's a different conversation you know what i mean um yeah. And the black folks, just like everywhere, there's a place where black folks were, are, right? And then they kind of like spread out to the country. So you're going to Limon, which is, Limon is where the black folks landed, right? And so it's very much the port city. Limon is a port city of, so you get port city vibes. And, but uh, Puerto Viejo, definitely somewhere to be. All these places are so small and tiny. 
And um, and they're gonna be so quaint. I'm just so excited. Like I can't believe like I don't know. I mean, as you're talking, I'm like, okay, gotta remember Puerto Viejo, and I do remember that because I yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. Getting excited again. Yes, yes. yes. I'm gonna. I, I. So anyway, I'm gonna check in on you and just be like, "How you doing? What's going on?" And if any, if you have questions, please, because like I said, my parents were there 27 years, and it's like a second home. We have friends that you know have known me since I was in high school. Like, it's just, it's just, um, it's so beautiful. The whole, the whole country is in Vietnam. I know nothing about, so I'm gonna be following you. Follow my journey. <laughs> Follow my journey. We out. We out here. We. I mean, and that's and that's everywhere. Like we, you know. So yes, uh, I've been following some black nomads, black digital nomads in um, Vietnam. We there's a so there's a growing community of us there, black expats. So, yeah, uh, and everyone has you know delightful things to say. You know, uh, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. I, I'm but excited I'm, for you, and I'm all, and I'm gonna be look. I'm gonna be sending so much energy around you. Just and I know I, I know so many people are, but I just. I, we just need to keep it good. You know what I mean? Like, just keep it. <laughs> I take and receive all of the good juju that you can send my way. Thank oh, you. I, I'm doing it. Well, thank you so much. And I'm going to cut this uh, live off. And if you could hold it for just a second. And then um, let me make sure we can do that. So thank you, everybody. And I don't know. I actually wasn't even kept checking comments. So we'll have to go back on that. But we will. everything that you heard today, we will definitely be adding in links. Um and we will definitely be back. I will be back in two weeks from now. And I will be in Seattle at that time. And I hope to have um, a college recruit, a black college recruit um, person come on with me to talk about the, the realities of higher education for black folks in this country. And whether it is for you or not, it's totally up to you. But I want to give all the information uh, uh, that you might be curious about. So meet me in two weeks and I will be here. Thank you for following Black Girl from Eugene. And with that, we are out. So there is that 